Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good morning, everyone. It is Monday, February the 20th, 2023. It is currently 1134 a.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, I hate for this studio to be used to be negative. I don't I don't want to use this studio to turn on the microphone and to be ne- negative. I don't necessarily want to turn on this microphone and to always give you kind of my cynical, skeptical, questioning perspective, but let's be honest, the one who sits in this studio, the one who sits in front of this microphone, I do tend to be very cynical. I do tend to be very skeptical, and I will own that. I will acknowledge that, right? Because what I have seen throughout my Christian life is claim after claim after claim after claim after claim, claim of power, claim of of healings, claim of miracles, all these claims, and over and over and over within my Christian life, I've seen those claims to be proven to be fraudulent over and over and over again. Let me give you an example. Hardin-Simmons University, Abilene, Texas. The chapel holding a Christian con- a Christian concert. I was going to say conference. Holding a Christian concert. If I remember correctly, one of the groups was, was it Acts, uh, uh, Acts chapter 2? You see, is that the name of the group? Let me look. I got to go back into my uh, contemporary Christian music history, right? Um, let's see. Uh, is it, was it called Acts... Hang on. Chapter 2. Let's see here. Was it, uh, what were they called? The second chapter of Acts. The second chapter of Acts. There we go. Was a Jesus music and early contemporary Christian music group uh, composed of sisters and then brother Matthew Ward. Okay. So two sisters and a brother. Matthew Ward, uh, well, we can, get, we can get into a whole history of CCM and how that went, but they were called the second, uh, the second chapter of Acts, the second chapter of Acts, all right? That was a Jesus Music Early Contemporary Christian Music Group, right? The second chapter of Acts. I want to make sure I get this story as correct as I can. I believe that was the group. They're playing at the chapel, Hardin-Simmons University, Abilene, Texas. Now, before the concert, there were people like, Standing out as people come in asking questions about individuals, about like, so, you know, so is there anything wrong with you physically? Like asking, it's trying to gather information. They were trying to gather information. Well, at some point in the concert, the band stopped playing music and supposedly now God was speaking to them. Like they were being given revelation from God. And guess what they started doing? They were reciting this information that that had been given to them by the people who were standing there talking to the crowd. Oh, this happened or this, like asking these questions. It was being, it was, the whole thing was fraudulent. The whole thing was set up. And I believe that was the band. I believe that was the band that was, was there at that time. And uh, uh, there, my, my first pastor you know, also gave confirmation that that was what was going on, that he witnessed it, that they were asking him. He was even asked questions. And then literally some of those things that people were were being asked, you know, you know, we would like to pray for you. So, you know, oh, I've been having back pain. All of a sudden now God is telling me there's someone here with back pain. No, no, God's not telling you anything. Someone got the information before the concert and gave it to you. And now in this supposed move of the Holy Spirit, it's nothing but a whole, it's a sham. It's all fraudulent. 
it. And I saw this early, early on in my Christian life. I was, I was a teenager at the time. And, uh, I was, I began to go, man, this stuff is some crazy. What is happening in the world of Christianity? And you start making me very cynical, making me very skeptical. And I've main, maintained that cynicism and that skepticism throughout my Christian life because I've seen it over. God is doing this. God is doing, it's, it's a mighty move of God. You know, we, we had nothing to do with it. It just, and, and uh, every single time things start coming out, information starts coming out to go, well, was it exactly the way you described it? Was it exactly that way? Or was it a whole lot more manufactured? Was it a whole lot more of us and a lot less of God than we sell it? We sell it like it's all a move of God. But in reality, there was planning. There was staging. There, there was all of these other things going on. Now, I tell that story, again, as imperfectly as I can, trying to remember. That's a, a lot of based on memory. But again, I may not have the band correct. Let's make that clear. But I know the location. I know it was Hardin-Simmons. I know it was in the chapel. And I know that there was a Christian band there get it, gathering the information and then selling it off like it came from God. That is all 100% factual, but I'm almost positive that was the group that was playing at the time. They may have been with another band. They may have been the opening act, but definitely that is how it went down. And it was extremely discouraging. From well, At that point, I guess I wasn't discouraged. I was more shocked. I was like, because I was still very brand new Christian. So I was thinking, you know, that Christians don't engage in such deceit and deception and playing games. But, you know, what was I in for a rude awakening about the reality of Christianity, including my own Christianity? And then I began to realize we're all still sinners. Okay. And we could have that whole discussion. But I'm skeptical. So you have to bear with me that sometimes from this studio, I am the voice of one being skeptical and questioning things. You have to at least understand. I try to do it in a way that is, I try to be, I try to just, I try to be very transparent with my own, and you can, you may call it a lack of faith. You may, you may refer to it as a, uh, as a doubting and, and, and an unhealthy level of skepticism. And I, and I will own all of that. I will own all of that. So I try to at least be transparent, right? I try to be fair. So I'm trying to be very transparent here. Those, that, that event had a profound impact on me as a young Christian. And then watching all the other so-called God said this and God told me this. And you're like, oh man, this is all just, and so I, that's why I loathe and despise anything that even gets within 10 miles of charismatic theology. Because if, if something even drives near charismatic theology, I'm like, that's it. It's, it got corrupted. You got within, you got within the blast radius. You've been infected. You've got, you know, you've got radiological poisoning. You've got near, you got near the explosion because I don't want to be, I don't want to be anywhere within a million miles of charismatic theology because I, that's how much I loathe it. Because again, a lot of this hype and sensationalism and just outright fraudulent nonsense. So I say all of that. You have to understand then when I hear Asbury and at Asbury University, 
This There's a revival that's taking place at Asbury uh, University. It's amazing. It's, it's a mighty move of God. It was spontaneous move of God. Nobody planned it. Nobody did anything. It was after this sermon, and then these students stayed behind. Someone confessed their sin, and then it exploded into this mighty move of God. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's awesome. Forgive me when I'm like, I'm not so sure. I'm not... I'm not so sure here. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure what's going on here. Okay, so, but to be fair, I've tried to be very patient. I've tried to be very nice. I do hope and believe, and I do hope, and I believe that good things could come from it all. I do hope for that. I'm obviously not saying, I don't want any, I don't want God to move in any way, and I don't want anyone to be saved. No, obviously, I want the best that can come from it, but I'm still going to be skeptical about many aspects of it. For example, Asbury University. What is their theological foundation? Wesleyan holiness movement. I believe the Wesleyan holiness movement is fraudulent. I believe it's false doctrine. I I, I would go so far to say it's apostasy. I think it's completely wrong. So that already makes me question the Asbury revival, just starting from the theological foundation of the very school that it's happening in. Not only that, one of the earliest testimonies coming from that was the young girl who's like, I left the chapel and then I was going to go to class and then the Holy Spirit told me to go back in. Now we have extra biblical revelation. Once again, I reject that outright. I reject it. Another part of the Asbury revival is you've had people from very questionable theological backgrounds, right? Seriously major heretical issues who have gone and said, this is a move of God. Well, if it's a move of God, why didn't you repent of your heresy? Okay, right? Like if it's a mighty move of God, now I see, I I don't know. I'm a little skeptical. I'm a little skeptical, but I, I still want good to come from it. I still want good to come from it, right? And and maybe there's some aspects of it that started very right and pure and a move of God, and then it ultimately got hijacked, right? Once social media and it became viral, and then everyone starts flying there and driving there, like, I've got to be there. I've got to see this. Again, call me a little skeptical. But I acknowledge my skepticism comes from an experience that I had that was showed me that so much of what goes on within Christianity is manufactured and and it's 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 produced it's it's like it's it's like a play and i and i so i'm always like mm, i'm not so sure i'm not so sure i'm not so sure so already i've got some questions about the asbury revival just right there i've already got some clear problems wesleyan holiness movement wait God told you to go back in? Uh, wait, what? We reviewed the sermon that led up to it. And I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know. I, there, I've got some issues. I've got some issues. I've got some issues. Well, today, someone discovered a video that's got us asking some questions. This requires far more investigation. This does, I am not being dogmatic in any way, shape, or form. I still don't know what to think about all of this, but this video and then the accompanying video, I'm going to play audio from two videos, seems to at least indicate to me, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This whole Asbury thing seems like it was already, there was already, there was already things put in motion for something to happen. Like it wasn't, 
In other words, it, it's calling into question that Asbury was just a spontaneous move of God, but there was already things in the works for something to happen at Asbury on, I think, like February the 23rd. I think like something was already moving in that direction, which means in a couple of days, like something was already at work. There was already like this, hey, we're going to try to get revived. Like something was already going on. It wasn't just like nobody was thinking about it. Nobody was talking about it. They went to chapel and boom, it happened. There was something going on. And at least this raises that question. I'm not being dogmatic. I'm saying it raises the question. And I think asking the question and further investigation occurring to exactly see, so how spontaneous was this? How much was this planned? How much was this an attempt to get something going? Right? I think that that's, I think that that's reasonable and I think that that's a uh, a question that is okay to explore. It doesn't mean that I like some people say, oh, you just you're trying to stop the move of God. You're just being critical or or you're just being you're nitpicking. No, I just think that this is something that has to be asked. And other people are at least asking the question. So I'm going to go with the video that first begins to raise the, the possible like something is going on. That raise some other issues. I'm just trying to figure out. Was the Asbury revival planned weeks in advance or was it a spontaneous move of God? Now, you may not care either way. You may not care. Who cares if it was planned? Fine. I, I, I can see why you wouldn't care. I'm just saying if we're going to tell the story of Asbury, we need to at least determine planned event, manufactured to some level, or spontaneous move of God. I think that that's, I think that at least that has to be at least clearly understood in telling the story. Whenever people look back and tell the story of Asbury, say the end of 2023, when we look back at the top religious stories of 2023, Asbury will be one of the top religious stories of 2023. Can we tell the story in an accurate way and how much becomes mythology and it takes on a life that's not accurate? I think, um, I, I think that that's a fair I think that's a fair way to approach this. All right, I'm getting other notifications of other things happening, but I'm trying not to look at my iPad, all right? Here we go. Let's let's dig in. And again, I'm not being dogmatic. I'm just raising questions here. Just raising questions. You can whatever you feel about the whole event. That's fine. I'm not telling you to change your feelings. I'm just raising some questions. I'm just trying to add to your perspective just to offer a little bit of skepticism and a little bit of warning that people get caught up into these things and believe things and comes to find out it's not all that everyone thought that it was. Here we go. Hey everybody, Sean here and I hope you're doing well. It's hard not to see info about the Asbury Revival everywhere online these days. There's even a Facebook page now dedicated to this event. I don't know if I'd call this a revival though. God is definitely moving and it's great to see so many people choosing to worship God rather than do other things. But in today's video, I want to touch on a few points and share a testimony from someone that reached out to me that got saved at the Brownsville Revival, saw those horrendous baptisms, and was eventually led out of that crowd by God. First, let's look at this headline stating that the Asbury Revival was planned. 
You may have seen other headlines about Rick Warren and Mike Bickle joining this event as well. And it is interesting because, as most of us know, Rick Warren embraces the Pope as a great man of God, and Francis Chan has embraced the ecumenical movement as well. So in this recent article, we're going to find something suspicious. Now let's stop right here. Once again, that, that, that's a lot of, uh, I, think, I think it's very important to do this. And I think or a very important point that I want to make right now, and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll state it in a question form. If true revival is occurring, with, will those who hold to heretical theological beliefs Will they be comfortable or will they find themselves convicted? If God is really pouring out revival, can false doctrine feel comfortable within said revival? Can those who teach and preach a false doctrine, will they feel comfortable in the revival? Or is revival, does revival occur and it doesn't care about anyone's theological belief? In other words, when God moves, he doesn't care about people's theology. In other words, you can believe, you can be Catholic, you can be Greek Orthodox, you can be one as Pentecostal, you can be whatever. We can all come together and supposedly worshiping God, radically different theologies, and God is okay with that. But in other words, does revival bring correction and repentance to one's theology, or does does revival not care about it? Can someone with a completely fraudulent doctrine walk into a theology or walk into a revival and say, this is a mighty move of God, and never don't feel one ounce of conviction in regards to their theology? What, 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 where does... Theological beliefs and theological truth fit in with revival. Is revival the move of God at the at the expense of theological distinction? Does theological distinction matter in 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 a, in a revival? Or it's like no no no. Who cares? Theology doesn't matter here. God is moving. So what matters? The singing. What matters? The emotion. What matters? Because if you say, well, the preaching of God word, God's word matter, God, God's word matters. Well, if the preaching of God's word matters, well, then theology has to matter because you're expounding and exegeting scripture. So does it matter or does it not matter? Because I've heard that their Bible studies are all over, going on all over the place. What, what's the theology of those Bible studies? Is it Wesleyan holiness? Is it, is it Pentecostal? Is it charismatic? Is it Arminian? Is it Calvinistic? Is it Pelagian? Is it Augustinian? What is it? What, what hermeneutical method is, method is being utilized? So, so people, and when you say that, people are like, all you care about is academics and theology, and you got to care about the move of God. Well, the move of God, I, I, what does it not have anything to do with actual what the Bible says? Are you saying there can be a move of God at the expense of theology and biblical correctness? And what you really get then is singing, singing, and more singing, and singing, and then some more singing, and then you get 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 some random testimonies, and then you get some more singing. And then, oh wait, you get some more singing. And then you get lots of emotions. Now, all of that is great, but if it comes at the expense of theological, if these people can show up and like, this is a mighty move of God, everyone from 
Rick Warren to Bickle to Francis Chan to Todd Bentley, like, like just all over the theological spectrum. And everyone walks in and goes, it was this mighty move of God. And everyone walks out. Then basically you can make an argument that churches should be places with no theological distinction or no theological definition. And all we need is the right spirit there. And we can all be unified. We could just all have one church. Why do we need theological distinction or division? Let's just throw out theological. And we, as long as the singing is good and the emotions are flowing, then it's a mighty move of God. Who cares what anyone actually believes? That, I mean, I, that's, a, that's not me being hateful or, or trying to be a jerk. This is a reasonable question. Can, does revival involve anything dealing with theology? Now I'm going to back this up a little bit to back it up. Here we go. Go further, 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 further. Here we go. Great man of God, and Francis Chan has embraced the ecumenical movement as well. So in this recent article, we're going to find something suspicious. In the video below, Francis Chan speaks about going to Asbury on February 23rd and how all the various denominations set their differences aside and come together for a day of prayer and revival. And that's all well and good if we're talking about Baptists and Pentecostals. But Francis Chan can... And I disagree. I don't think it, it... That's all fine and good if it's Baptist and Pentecostal. Absolutely not. I'm not getting together with Pentecostals under any circumstance. No way, no how. No. First of all, you got to make sure you clearly define which Pentecostals you're referring to because some Pentecostals are one as Pentecostals, which deny the doctrine of the Trinity, utter heretical, right? Modalism, Sabellianism, her completely heretical. No. And then uh, other Pentecostal doctrines, many of them believe you can lose your salvation. I can't deal with that. Uh, many of them believe that you can, you have to be baptized in Jesus' name only. They deny the Trinitarian form, formula for, for uh, the baptism. In other words, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's lots of issues there. Some will believe you're not saved until you, you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's some serious theological issues. I am not coming together with Pentecostals. End of story. And, and, and so even right here, he's like, hey, we can't come together with Catholics, but I mean, it's fine and good if we're coming together with Pentecostals. No, <laughs> I disagree with that as well. All right, so let's back that up. All right, let's back that up. Oh man, the whole thing about this, every all the discussions about it just drive me crazy. And come together for a day of prayer and revival. And that's all well and good if we're talking about Baptists and Pentecostals. But Francis Chan considers Catholics our brothers and sisters in Christ. And while some may actually be, the Pope and Catholicism is an unbiblical cult that is leading many to hell. But the people in the New Apostolic Reformation don't seem too worried about that. Here's the interesting thing. The video Francis Chan made was posted over a week before the so-called Ashbury Revival started, as we can see here. So as the article states, is this a coincidence or was this planned? I even suggested in my last video that perhaps the NAR leaders had organized this to promote false prophet Bob Jones as being a true prophet. And strangely enough, Francis Chan posted another video pretty much saying the same thing more than two months ago. So once again, as the article says, color me skeptical, but this seems too well planned to have been a spontaneous event as it's being promoted as. Now, I, for one, am excited to see so many people coming together. 
All right. Now I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt this. And the video that he makes reference to, I'm going to pull it up here. The, the, the video he makes reference to is from Francis Chan. And here it is. It's a, it's a slick, well-produced video. And if you go to the video on YouTube, it's, it actually says it premiered on February the 1st. Now, there, there's some weird things in looking at the metadata for it. So maybe it's February the 1st. Maybe it's February the 2nd. Maybe it's February the 3rd. Maybe it's February the 4th. Maybe it's February the 5th. Maybe it's February the 6th. Maybe it's February the 7th. Okay, maybe there is some issue in, in exactly pinning down when this video was posted. But here's the thing. It seems absolutely clear it was posted prior to the beginning of said revival. And the revival was supposed to take, took place on February the 8th, supposedly a spontaneous move of God. But this video was published before the spontaneous move of God, and it's talking about revival at, ladies and gentlemen, Asbury. Hmm, interesting. Let's, let's dig into this. Fifty years ago, something extraordinary happened on one college campus. I thought I had seen everything, but today I saw something that I have never seen before. It started at 10 o'clock yesterday morning. It didn't end at 11 o'clock yesterday morning. It didn't end at 11 o'clock last night. In fact, as Jim and I took the air, it was still going on. It all started when one student gave his testimony. That was followed by another, and the testimonies have been going ever since. And as it spread, people began coming in from all around. Something happened to me as a teenager where God moved in the inside of me and and set me on this trajectory of following him. This is what has happened to so many of us, and this is what we need to see happen in this generation of college students. Someone got on their face. I believe with all my heart that people prayed for me, and now I love him at my age. It's the church's responsibility. God, would you show your mercy on him, on her, just the way you did with me? Because this is their only hope. We need him to change their hearts so that they can change the direction of our nation. We're asking you, please, join us. Join us for this day of prayer. Join us in praying for these young people. Believe that God can usher in something new through the power of our prayers. Join us on February 23rd, live from Asbury University. Lord, do it again. Asbury University, February 23rd. This video appears to have been made before the revival started, but it's already hyping up the whole concept. It's already hyping up the whole concept. It's already, in a sense, priming the pump for it. So, I mean, I don't know how you, you, now other people may not like, well, that's awesome. They played, they planned it, they prayed for it and it happened. That's amazing. All I'm saying is that's the case. Then let's just make sure it wasn't just like it was just any other day at, at Asbury University Chapel. Nothing significant. And then boom, God, st- God started. Uh, what, what was happening? What made the band go back up there? What, what, what was, what was, ha- like, I've got questions. I'm not saying this proves anything. I'm not saying this is the smoking gun that proves anything. I'm just saying that's before. That's before. 
this collegiate day of prayer, February, I think February 23rd. And hey, at Asbury, Lord, do it again. Hey, see, it's happened before. Now let's do it again at Asbury. It's, it's, and, then, and then just even the, the, those old news clips, it started with a, a, someone uh, giving a testimony or, give, or confessing. Well, supposedly my initial story that I initially reported from one news source was that at the Asbury Revival supposedly started when one college student stayed behind and confessed his sins. And then, boom, this led it. I don't know. I, I haven't been able to co- confirm if the, how that happened or not. There's lots of questions about how this all s- started. Now, now, maybe the facts are now much more clear. This is how it started. But clearly, there was talks about Asbury and Revival prior to February the 8th, which seems to be the start date for the revival. That's when the sermon was preached that I reviewed. So was this planned? I don't know. You, you, you can dig into this. How much of it was planned? How much of this was manufactured? How much of it was manufactured? And now, and, and I may do a separate broadcast on this. Now, the, those in the university are like, okay, guys, okay, guys, we got, we got to, we got to control this. We're going to bring an end to public services and, and made a statement something. And I'm paraphrasing. Hey, th- I know th- there's like this, supposedly this revival's going on, but now th- people got to get back to their lives. And, and these students got midterms coming up. It's like, wait a minute. If this is a spontaneous move of God, all of a sudden now we're going to be like, no, 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 no. We're going to end public services. And no, we're going to, we're going to schedule this. And no, th- and, and all of a sudden it's like, now there's like all of this attempt to control it. Well, if it's a mighty move of God, what would be more important at a Christian university? The mighty move of God or midterms? What would be more important? Hey, you got midterms. I would say, hey, let's let's ride this. Let's let's experience this mighty move of God, and we'll figure out what to do with everyone's midterms. But it's almost like, hey, hey, mighty move of God. But hey, guys, you need to go study, and hey, guys, you need to go to class, and hey, guys, you got to get back to class. You got to get back to school. You got to get ready for midterms. I mean, I know it's a mighty move of God, but I mean, let's let's. And it's like even that, you're kind of like, wait a minute, this seems all very like. It's a mighty move of God, but we're going to schedule. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to limit who can come in at what time. We're going to end public services. Kids got to get back to school. And it's like, whoa, that, what just happened? What just happened? What just happened? And then, of course, now supposedly it's, you know, things are happening in other college universities. The same thing are happening, but it's like, I don't know. Is that, is it a move of God or is it a move of the influence of social media? Because TikTok videos from uh, Asbury went viral, millions and millions of views. So is it like now we're going to go do the same thing? We're going to have the praise band stay up on stage and just play and 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 play. And then we can, we can get everyone going with their emotions and then boom, you can post that on social media. Then everyone will come to your universe. Like it feels like there's a part of me that feels like this, whatever it was, whatever genuine aspect there was to it. And I'm not saying there wasn't anything genuine. It started turning, it started snowballing into a social media promoted event. But it, it seems like possibly this was scheduled and planned at least to some level, a prior to. And then it sounds like you're gonna, you have people from all kinds of theological walks of life that I guess can feel very comfortable in a revival. Does revival impact theology? Or does revival just impact your emotions? 
And if revival is about being revived to return to God, isn't returning to God have to be involve your theology? So I, I'm left with lots of questions here. I don't know, but I wanted to at least play that again from what we can tell. At least when I go to YouTube for this Collegiate Day of Prayer Francis Chan video, where he mentions Asbury, February the 23rd, this seems to, it, it says on YouTube, premiered February the 1st. That means it would be seven days, posted seven days at a minimum before at, before the, the, um, the, the supposed revival. Now, if it wasn't February the 1st, if it was February the 2nd, still before the revival. February the 3rd, still before the revival. Even if it was February the 7th, as someone said, even if it was February the 8th, it would still be highly questionable. Now, maybe they were planning the, the day of prayer and, plan, and planning and praying for revival, and it just happened to happen. And, and, and it happened. Okay, well, great. Just make sure we at least acknowledge that there was discussion and talk about something happening at Asbury on February the 23rd, this big event. So this, this, this way of thinking was already, in a sense, permeating through the, through the campus and through many, maybe those who were in the praise band. Maybe there, there was already discussions about this. Now, that, I'm not saying that would mean it's not legitimate. I'm just saying it would mean it's not spontaneous as it somehow has been described. This is a spontaneous move of God. Well, okay, can we say it was a planned, hoping for the spontaneous move? At least, maybe. I, I, I just think we have to have the whole story, not just part of the story. You can tell me what you think about all of this. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening to, yes, a very skeptical and cynical person, but I have my reasons for being that way because of all of the deception and lies and nonsense I've seen within the church in my years of being a Christian. So I'm just raising the questions. You can tell me what you think. Newsif at yahoo.com. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a wonderful day. And let's do hope and pray that positive things will come out of Asbury, no matter how skeptical or cynical I may be. God bless.